hear firsthand from members, suppliers, and industry partners nationwide. A casual learning environment for you, anywhere. IndieCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative. Welcome to IndieCast, where we talk about the topics and trends that are important to independent pay TV and broadband providers. I'm Brian Dowell, NCTC's Digital Content Manager, and today we're going to talk about NCTC's Broadband Solutions Program, which gives our members access to competitive rates and terms for IP transit, transport, and smart home solutions through NCTC. I'm joined by Jared Bauman, our Vice President of Broadband Solutions, and Zach Cottrell, our Director of Broadband Operations. Hello and welcome, guys. Hey, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being here. We're going to learn about broadband today. But first, I want our listeners to get to know the two of you a little bit. You've both joined NCTC relatively recently, within the last year and a half or so. So let's talk about your background in the industry and what you were doing before you landed at the co-op. So I want to start with Jared. I know you worked at a member company, Seaspire, down in Mississippi. How did you decide to go from working for a, a member company in the South to creating and launching a whole new broadband program for the co-op? Well, Seaspire was a fantastic company to work for. They are a fantastic company to work for. Um, really, they, you know, Seaspire, for anyone that doesn't know, it's it's a very large player in the wireless world, cellular wireless world. And I got the opportunity to build a fiber to the home network with them. Uh, I got the opportunity to build uh, one of the first uh, 5G fixed wireless uh, programs with them. Uh, I got the opportunity to create the Moby TV product that's used by the NCTC today. And so I got to do a lot of fun, uh, amazing projects uh, when I was at Seaspire. Uh, but when I learned about the opportunity that was available at the NCTC to be able to go and to be able to help drive uh, broadband initiatives across, you know, the membership, you know, our 750 plus members, it was just an opportunity that was too good uh, to pass up. Uh, you know, really, uh, it was just, yeah, a great growth opportunity within the NCTC and for me personally. And so, well, and it sounds like your experience at Seaspire kind of really primed you to to hit the ground running with us, right? Because you've you've gone through all this from the member perspective. So now you've got that under your belt as you kind of approach this, you know, from the co-op perspective. Does that make it easier then to to to, to start this program and, and get some of these deals in place? Yes, it really did. Uh, in fact. Uh, it was one of the reasons I was excited about coming over to work with the co-op is because I already was working with the co-op a lot um, as a member and had a, a lot of discussions with Rich and with Judy and with John uh, Radloff and others. And so, you know, I had already had a great relationship with a lot of the team. And so it was sort of able to come in sort of feeling like I was already part of the team. You know, yeah. it wasn't like coming into a you know a company new and fresh in a lot of ways it felt like i was coming into you know a, a family that i'd already been working with well and in a lot of ways you were so and we're so glad you did now zach you had a similar sort of journey to get here i think you joined us from a member company and in your case cable and broadband is a family business so tell us about your background what prompted you to uh to leave that family business and head out to kansas to work on on jared's broadband team uh, yeah, I think Jared perfectly segued that. Love. Uh, my family business was an amazing company. I worked there since I was 14 years old, and I have experience from a member company all the way from splicing fiber all the way up to the executive level and, and making long-term decisions. I've had a lot of fun rebranding and growing the company. The amazing thing about the NCTC is that what we're doing day-to-day -day is going to 
bring absolute uh, fantastic savings and dividends to these smaller member companies uh, from a larger scale. So we're really having an, a great opportunity to shape the way the industry is going and, and make decisions uh, that are going to have a great impact for those members. In terms of moving to Kansas, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, Pittsburgh's one of the, the cloudiest cities in the United States, but I, I miss it there. But uh, my family, my wife, uh, my dog, and uh, I think this will be the first IndyCast pregnancy announcement. So uh, my oh, wife is, is expecting a baby in January here. So we're super excited about that. Oh, that's great. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so wow. much. An exclusive, an IndyCast exclusive. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Thank I figured I'd drop that, that and spice things up. That's excellent. Yeah, congratulations. That's wonderful news. Um, so you guys both bring that strong member background, which I think is key to why this is such a good opportunity, this broadband program for our members, because it's designed and built from the ground up by people who know what they face and have walked that walk right alongside them. So I think that we can't state that enough. That's uh, that's such an important part of the program is the expertise that you two bring as you're, as you're making these deals. So I'm, I'm just glad we, we have you on the team. Let's talk about how we got here. Broadband's relatively new area for NCTC. Why did we launch this program? And why now? I'll take that one. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is one of the things that is uh, it's almost a no brainer in, in some ways uh, for the NCTC to get into. And I don't mean to to belittle it by any means, uh, but I find that oftentimes the very best ideas are the ones where you look back and you say exactly that you say, man, of course, of course you did that. Um, you know, our member companies uh, have already started to make this transition if they haven't already done so for some time where their primary objective is no longer video they're not they're not worried about as the primary business model video video has become the secondary uh business model it's become more the thing to help uh with the stickiness of a product where uh broadband in many ways in most ways for most of our members today is the primary product and so we representing those member companies really need to start to adapt in, in that same way. Uh, while the NCTC has been wildly successful at helping uh, our small, medium, and even larger members to negotiate better video rates, we now get the opportunity to take that same buying power that we've enjoyed on the video side and apply that into the broadband side. And to be able to help many of our smaller, mid-size, uh, and even larger members to be able to achieve prices that they would not be able to achieve on their own. I'll uh, I'll interject there too, Brian. I, I can't commend the NCTC enough. The you know now that I work here, I, I guess I can't commend the uh, the leadership team here. Not to to uh, suck up too much, but you know I've been an NCTC member, or I was an NCTC member almost since you know growing up, and been going to the cable shows the last couple of years and. Starting in 2016, I would I would, you know, uh, harass Rich Fickle at the at the shows. Hey, when are we going to start doing more broadband things? Just because the NCTC NCTC is in such a unique position to help the right. membership out. It's the only buying organization that can bring scale to small members. So um, I, I think Jared hit it on correctly. Of the savings that we're bringing are so influential for the medium and um, the smaller members that uh, when whenever they they uh, they hire Jared. Um, to come into the broadband solutions, I knew they were serious, and the the decisions and the programs they have today are, are paving the way for uh, um, a successful deployment of this uh, new division of the NCTC. 
Absolutely. So let's break it down by by sort of um, line of business or, or initiative that, you, that you've been working on in the last year and a half. And let's start with transit, IP transit. Our very first agreements were for IP transit service. You've, you went out and got some incredibly competitive rates and terms. So what I want to know is when you're working on those first transit deals, I know you did a lot of member research with surveys and member outreach. What did you learn from that effort in engaging with members? What needs did you identify and how did you construct those partnerships with transit providers to solve them? We learned a few things, Brian. Uh, well, we learned a lot of things, but I'll, I'll try to highlight a couple of those. Okay. Um, we learned that members were paying far too much for transit and transport services. Um, you know, some members we, we went through and we found that some members had done a, a really good job of negotiating rates. Others we found because of the uh, the situations they're in, no matter how good of negotiators they were, really they're just put in a hard spot because they're a smaller operator. The carriers that support them know that and they weren't getting the fairest of rates. And so we learned that very quickly. Um, some of the rates were dramatically too high for what our members were paying. And so it showed that we truly did have an opportunity to really be able to support our members and to help them. Two, we found that there was a pretty good aggregation of the carriers that were being used. So where we assumed originally that as we were starting to put the business models and stuff together, we assumed that there were uh, some of the largest carriers of the nation were going to be the predominant suppliers uh, to our membership. Generally speaking, that was not the case. Um, mm, okay. And so we didn't need to necessarily focus on just those largest providers that weren't necessarily going to give the NCTC the, the best rates either. We were able to focus on other providers that were underutilized by the membership as a whole uh, and to be able to focus on even better rates and better opportunities. Okay, so let's talk about the partners that you selected for the first two IP transit deals that you, you executed. Uh, we went with Cogent and Zayo. So can you talk about each of those partners individually? You know, what, what about them made them kind of rise to the top in your mind? We saw really a couple different things and they were a little bit different for each of the two carriers. Cogent uh, was really uh, centered around price. Cogent was very aggressive uh, with their pricing, which uh, when we did our survey, one of the other things we found was that pricing was a major factor, uh, if not the top factor, uh, oftentimes the second factor for most of our members. And so pricing was extremely important. Uh, and many of the conversations we had with members, they were okay with using Cogent. We'd found that Cogent maybe had had some, some rocky past, uh, but most of our members uh, were still willing to use them and had gotten past that rocky past. And so the pricing model that, that Cogent offered to us was extremely aggressive. It allowed us to uh, be able to start very low and to very quickly jump to uh, additional savings as we got members on board. And so that was hugely important for us. And, sure. and so exciting to have them on board. Zayo also, also did a decent job on cost. They, they never sell themselves, though, as the low cost provider, um, which was OK for us because we had a really good just low cost provider in, in Cogent. Zayo, on the other hand, focuses a little more on the number of pops, the number of locations that are available for our members to reach. And so our focus there was, of course, cost too, because cost is always a factor, but but also the number of locations that our members could access that pricing at. 
Well, that seems like they, they would complement each other really well. If you've got one who's driving low price value, and then you've got another one that's got that extensive network of pops. I mean, there should be an option for any member that's looking for an IP transit provider between those two, right? Uh, that certainly was, was our hope. Now, sure. where we have some issues sometimes uh, is that members have a difficult time still getting to those pops in some cases. And, you know, so Jared and uh, the NCTC team had pretty much finalized the IP transit deals prior to, to my arriving at the NCTC. And um, my company, Citizens Fiber, that I, I came from, they had already taken advantage of those deals. Uh, I think the Citizens Fiber, a small independent uh, telephone uh, internet cable provider in western pennsylvania they're saving over eighty thousand dollars a year uh wow. just in their ip transit deals so a, a company that only has 25 employees eighty thousand dollars a year just on ip transit that's not including the transport deals that they're looking to sign up with um that, that's some big time savings so that's how i i kind of became aware of the the nctc transit transport efforts zach how many members have opted in on the transit side of the program so far and and what's been their experience or what's been their feedback that you've heard um, just like I said before, I think we'd have even more if there was more transport options, but we've had a, a great start to the program. Uh, don't hold me too accountable to the numbers, but I think we have over 30 providers that have signed into the deal. Um, 30, 30 think, operators, 30 member yeah, operators? Yeah, 30, 30, close to 30 operators, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But, you know, and I think the number Jared touted is while there's, you know, 30 members, we've saved over our membership over a million dollars already on the savings of these, these, uh, wow. these deals. Wow. And that's only that's not even over a year, right? That's just since the transit agreements rolled out. We're already at a million dollars in savings. Correct, and I believe that number might have been even at the end of April or, or May. So we're we're probably even approaching two million with the, the new members saving on. So it's been a, a great start to the program. Uh, there, there's been a couple of hurdles to um, get members to sign in on the transit side, mainly um, end of contracts, different things like that, and in, in transport needs, but. Uh, so far, so good. Um, you awesome. know, we could always do better and get the word out. And hopefully people listening to this will will call the uh, NCTC broadband team for their transit needs. That's the idea. We want to get the word <laughs> out. We want to let folks know what kind of good good work you're doing on their behalf. So, Zach, you mentioned earlier, when we we're talking about transit, that some of the obstacles our members face is just connecting to the POP for either Cogent or Zeo. And so that's where transport comes in. Now, we've recently added some transport uh, options. We've got a transport agreement now with Zeo, and then you've just done a whole new transport deal with Windstream. So let's talk about the member value in those transport deals. How would a pay TV provider use a point-to-point -point data connection uh, in this scenario to take advantage of other options through the NCTC? You know, and I think the the word to use there is other options. Honestly, I think this transport deal and, and the NCTC getting into transport is going to be the, the catalyst that's going to really drive change in the industry. It's really the missing piece for our members and affordable transport. Transport opens the doors for so many different opportunities. It lets members connect to internet exchanges. Now, when we also talk about transport, we talk about connecting from maybe the internet exchange they normally connect to, but also other internet exchanges. So from my back world, we were close to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, we got our DIA or, or IP transit at internet exchange in Pittsburgh. Well, Citizens Fiber also utilizes Mobi TV. So Mobi TV utilizes transport circuits to get its service across the country. So the, the more services that become available over the cloud, uh, and the cheaper that our members can deploy these services, the more they can save money on these services and deploy last mile uh, networks, you know, to grow their businesses. So uh, I'm super excited to, to partner with Windstream and Zao. Uh, transport is all about the, the amount of fiber that these companies have in the field. 
and the size of pipes between these these large internet exchanges. So these these deals can really begin to bring change for these organizations and you know let organizations partner amongst themselves. You know. Yeah. Well, I think what's unique about transport is how flexible it is and how many different ways you can you can employ that. Uh, so, for instance, I was talking to um, oh gosh, I won't name their name, but a, a company that recently did that recently signed on with Cogent for uh, transit through our deal, and they were facing that exact same challenge. They couldn't get to the Cogent pop, but as I was talking to their engineer, it, it came out that they had actually built a transport connection to their direct competitor because the direct competitor was then on a ring that went over to the cogent pop. So that was a cool example of using transport connections, using point to point data in a very creative way and not being afraid to engage with a competitor to, uh, and he cut his costs. He said it was like tenfold. Like it, it was ridiculous how much he was saving once he got on the cogent connection. Um, one thing that I think may be worth us really talking about is just the way members are working together. So Brian, you, you've given this one example. There are a number of members that are that are working together already to share transport um, services so that they can keep their costs low, uh, have access to great pops. They can accomplish things like uh, Moby TV connections. Uh, they can uh, get to you know big data centers where they can access better rates from their IP transit or whatever it may be. And so it's really sort of helping. Uh, facilitate some of those different kinds of discussions and things that are happening. And and sometimes what it is, a member is using us to be able to, to get to one of those pops. And then because they are close to several other members and those other members aren't able to connect directly to those pops, they can then provide those services to those other members. And so they all share on the cost. It's good for all of them. And most of the time the the originating member here in this case that we're talking about, they're not even making money on it. They're just pro they're just really cost sharing uh, right. across it. So it's really um, it's really pretty cool the way some of our members work together to do these things. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I, I might cut in there, Jared, but you know I think Moby TV is just the start of it. I know that there's several companies that are just partnering to get interconnected amongst them and then share the transport costs from their locations to Sacramento or Atlanta to take advantage of the Moby TV feed. So. Um, can we kind I of elaborate on that a little bit, Zach? I'm sorry. Can you can you elaborate a little on your on your example of Moby TVs? Sure. Moby TV, um, if they're a managed customer, meaning that they don't have the video encoding equipment in-house, what the Moby TV does is they put the encoding equipment that puts it into a streaming format in a data center in Sacramento or Atlanta. So rather than a company having to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars for that video equipment in their, their head ends, they can just spend a monthly recurring fee to just get connected to that, to those data centers. So going back to my old, old world, and I, I keep using that because it's what I can can speak most uh, effectively on. But sure. us in a in a company, we shared the the circuit costs from Pittsburgh to Sacramento. So rather than us both paying for that circuit to connect to Sacramento, we shared the cost of those circuits. And I would imagine that, you know, now that you're over at the co-op, both of you would be willing to talk to any member who's looking for a creative option like that. Is that correct? Absolutely. And there's there's so many other companies. I don't want to name names without getting the permission to do so that are already sure. doing this in, in cities such as St. Louis and Kansas City and getting backup redundant circuits from Atlanta. So anytime that a, a member has a transport needs, I would encourage them to reach out to the NCTC broadband department to not only go through our transport agreements, but just talk to us and 
let's get a feel for what the what the member company is looking to do. And maybe we can point you in the direction of saying, hey, hey, I know what you're trying to do. This company in Ohio is doing this or this company in Memphis is doing this. So we, we lean on our experience to do those types of things. We just had a great call uh, earlier this week, actually, with a member who was already doing these kind of things before the NCTC got into uh, the transport uh, business. And what was great is they were coming to us and saying, hey, look, we now would like to uh, start to look for redundant services and other options. Can you guys help us go and look for redundancy uh, in these paths? Because, you know, when you're dealing with something as important as live TV, most of our listeners will shake their heads as they uh, realize how important it is that you never have it go down. Just, people are so intolerant of TV going down. And so, you know, where a lot of times our members maybe had already had non-redundant services up, now they uh, are coming to us and saying, hey, can you help us get a cost-effective solution for a redundant service that's maybe a different carrier or a different path to one of those data centers? And we love that conversation. In fact, uh, Zach and I, I know after that call, we were both super excited because it's like, yes, we would love to help with that. As we get closer to the big C-band transition, this is going to become more and more uh, prominent where members are going to be looking at or operators are going to be looking at, you know, alternative uh, signal path or alternative connections to what they have now just to either get their cost down or tap into new services they couldn't effective, cost effectively launch. Are you guys doing anything uh, in, in relation to the C-band transition? Is broadband solutions team looking at ways we can give members additional support that might be facing that, that decision point as far as going terrestrial or staying uh, satellite delivered? So we've been following this really closely, Brian. We don't have a direct plan in the sense of, you know, how to solve for just specific C-band transition issues. Right. But one of, the things, one of the things that's great about this is that it's, you know, really the solution other than, you know, changing up some configurations and stuff on satellites and other things, a lot of members are starting to look at options to, instead of using these diversified head-ins that are all over the country for several different systems and things, they're looking at the opportunity to maybe close down some of those remote head-ins and to be able to backhaul a lot of this uh, traffic via fiber and then even potentially use services like Moby or others. There's you know several other people out there like it that allow all those big source feeds like your your uh, Disney's and your uh, Foxes and all these other important source feeds to be able to come via fiber. And so one of the great things is we're already in the position to be able to help with that uh, through our transport deals. And so we would love to help any member that has the need um, to be able to work towards those transition plans. We can help with uh, different elements of that. Um, we have some great partners that we can work with there. And so excited to be able to have any of those discussions. So just, just in the course of this conversation, as I've been taking notes, you guys have identified at least four distinct use cases for a member to look at getting into NCTC's transit or transport deals. I've got cost cutting, obviously, because you've got some incredible rates, uh, consolidating infrastructure, as you were just talking about collapsing head ends or, or streamlining your, your network architecture, launching new services like Mobi TV or, or any streaming video platform, and then adding network redundancy to actually improve your reliability for both your video and internet customers. Like there's something for everybody. What's next? What's next for NCTC's broadband program? Are there any new partnerships that are on the horizon here we should watch out for? Any new announcements besides the the, the baby, Zach? Anything else coming up we need to know about? 
<laughs> well, I think I think transport does open a lot of doors to to new deals. Maybe when our members get connected to internet exchanges, so peering, caching, uh, getting interconnected, uh, those those types of things are really open to, um, to new possibilities when when there's transport that's effective and cheap. So I think we we really want to make sure that that the members understand we're here to help. And even if you don't have necessarily an immediate circuit need now, uh, maybe you have an idea for us. You know, we we thrive off of hearing ideas from members and and learning from from all of you who are hopefully listening to us right now. And so, if you have ideas, uh, things you can share with us, we we absolutely want to hear from you. We want to talk with you, um, Zach, myself. Uh, we're available anytime. Um, and so, I. I would just invite you to to if you don't have our contact information directly, you know, reach out to your account manager. They'll put you in touch with us and we would love to have the conversation. Um, and the other part of this is that, you know, we're we're dealing with many cases with our members are needing 100 gig circuits now instead of 10 gig circuits. Wow. Um, those. Yeah, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. And so. And you know, even some of our what what maybe I wouldn't refer to as our largest members, uh, a lot of our largest members um, are, have been there for a while, right? Uh, at that hundred gig circuit range, but now it really doesn't matter what size you are. There's a lot of our members, any size you are, that are starting to look for those hundred gig circuits. Well, those things take a little while to get set up and in place, especially if you're not uh, in one of those big metro areas of the U.S. Like much of our membership. Uh, or scattered across the country. And so let us start uh, helping you now to get some of those things up and in place and to be able to find the best prices for you. Um, we might be able to find options that you didn't even know were there. That's a good point to, to leave off on too, Jared. Uh, there's, it's never too soon to start talking about what the next option is going to be. It's never too soon to start looking at setting up a new connection because you, you never know what you're going to run into, first of all. And second, it does take time. So if you're listening, and you want to learn more about our broadband solutions program, or if you want to book some time to talk to Jared or Zach, visit nctconline.org and click on broadband solutions. Jared and Zach, thank you both for spending some time with us today to talk about our broadband solutions program. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for the time today, Brian. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for listening. Find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, or by visiting nctconline.org. IndyCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative.